0: Welcome to episode 20 of 21st Century Boys. This is Joe Crawford. And James Crawford. And we're going to dive right in. I almost got it. Well, no. I got like half them out that Jack's got. I still haven't caught up to him. But I'm doing a little better this go round. Jack, why don't you lead us off with a couple, then I'll jump in. Okay.
1: Flashpoint. The world of Flashpoint. Featuring The Flash. This is mainly about the different Flash villains and... What they were doing in the Flashpoint world, but I do think some of these titles are a little weird because a lot of them are just there is the main superhero in the title, but that only takes up like two to four volumes, and then the rest is just some other random characters. I, I think like they, the Canterbury Cricket. Yeah, like one of them was <laughs> Super, Flashpoint: The World of Flashpoint featuring Superman, right? And that was mostly Booster Gold, and I enjoyed the Booster Gold stuff but Superman's but Superman's in the title so yeah that's weird I don't know kind of weird Flashpoint the f- world of Flashpoint featuring Wonder Woman this is probably the most interesting one probably the most important it's a backstory to the war between Aquaman and Wonder Woman in the Flashpoint universe and I think this adds a little bit of context probably the most necessary of all the tie-ins so I would recommend this one Flashpoint, the world of Flashpoint, featuring Green Lantern, is also pretty good. I think this is probably more, uh, is better than the Flash and Superman trades, but there's more important stuff there, but still, there's a lot of just random content in there.
0: I got you. Black Hammer, Age of Doom, Part 2, by Jeff Lemire, Dean Ormson, and Rich Thomas, oh, I hope that's right. Uh, This is the second trade in this series, fourth trade, I believe, overall, it covers issues six through 12. Colonel Weird starts us off for a solo adventure in the first two issues after going through the portal to return home, and he gets split off from the rest of the group. He meets a cast of characters that had never been used in stories before, and he has to escape through the creators, this is like getting hardcore meta, in order to get back to the rest of the group. And the group, they're now back on Earth, and on Mars, if you're a Martian, in which superheroes had never existed before. Only Talkie Walkie's memory remains. So they track down Lucy and Teller to seek out her father's hammer, and to bring the group together to defeat the anti-god. And as usual, this is great stuff from Black Hammer. Band is back together, and they want to return to the farm, which is tripping because all they wanted to do was get off the farm before. But, um, as you know, things started going really good for them there, so now they just want to get back. I read this in Trade and Issues, kind of a mix, because uh, like I had said previously, I found a bunch of these in the dollar bin, but not quite all of them, but regardless, it's definitely worth seeking out, and that is from Dark Horse. Uh,
1: She-Hulk 2014. I read uh, the first volume in Trade and thought it was pretty good. Uh, I, the art I wasn't a huge fan of. I do like the artist when it comes to other uh, comics but I didn't really fit, think it fit the She-Hulk character. Uh, Man-Thing 2017. This is the run written by Arl Stein, and I really enjoyed reading all of it. It was a pretty quick run and very enjoyable. I thought the art was very cute as well.
0: Yeah, I remember liking the art on that one. Apache, 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 Apache delivery service. This is issues two and three, Matt Kent and Tyler Jenkins. This is a World War II, or excuse me, not a World War II, just a war story uh, to Gently Only. It's set during the Vietnam War actually, and our hero isn't Apache, he's actually Navajo. Uh, and he's a soldier who worked as a guide um, for the military. He's offered a side job by a fellow who wants to find some gold hidden in the jungles of Vietnam. Ernie is the guide and he agrees to take him, but he has to eventually get back to his squad they travel and encounter death, mass graves, various horrors in the Vietnamese jungle. Eventually the two are captured. They escape, but the gold they're looking for is supposedly cursed by witches and the fella he's with, Sobrat, may not be what he appears to be. So, anyway, good story. I didn't ha- You're going to hear this a lot on this one because this is was when I was kind of went down a superhero rabbit hole, so I didn't finish uh, some of the indie series that I had started ordering. So, you're going to hear a lot of me going like I need to read the last issue, or I don't think I'll pick up the last issue. But on this one, definitely um, excited to get the final issue. I have ordered it, so I will be finishing this series, and that's Apache Delivery Service from Dark Horse. Guardians of the Galaxy
1: 2015. This is probably my favorite run of the series, and it has my favorite team. I think all of the space Marvel stuff around the time Guardians of the Galaxy, the movie, came out Mm -hmm. was very good. Stuff like Drax, Agent Venom just all that kind of stuff and this is one of my favorites from there nice this includes like thing kitty pride and then rocky raccoon drax and group a very fun team i just read the first trade but i'll definitely have to read more nice morbius 2019 this is a pretty cute comic i mean it's pretty short it's about him and spider-man and stuff i mean there's not much
0: to it but it's fun okay yeah Orphan and the Five Beasts by James Stokoe. This is one, Jack, you should check out because it's really wild and um, it's just bleeping crazy. So I was finishing this one up. I read issues one and two ages ago, so this is issues three and four. So Moe, who is the orphan and company, have reached a town and something smells delightful. Two of the bandits head off to see what it is, while the rest of the band goes to a different inn. Turns out the other inn is exactly why Moe is in town. The person she has been sent to find is the cook there, Chopper Ting. Ting became obsessed with food and left martial arts behind. And let's just say they, are eating, they aren't eating—they are eating pork or beef at this end. Yeah, it's pretty gross what they're actually eating. Um, you can probably guess. Super gory and disgusting body horror, but because it's James Stoko, it never really grosses me out because his art is so delightful. It's a fun book. Like I say, not for the weak of stomach, but it is from Dark Horse. Star Trek the new
1: generation the manga this (laughs) title is very weird I found it at the library and decided to pick it up just to try it that first it's a compilation of four different short stories about 50 pages for each one and the one that stood out to me the most was the first one it's called Changeling where he one of the people changes like races yeah, to like get past stuff. I'm not completely sure. It's a very weird story, but out of all of them, it was the one that kept my attention the most. I remember reading that from, did you get that
0: from Eastern? Yeah. I
1: read that many years ago. I remember liking that one too. And then after that, because I've been really enjoying the show, especially season three, uh, I read The Boys. And it gets the job done. I thought the ending was pretty well done and the stuff with Homelander was pretty interesting but I do think it is pretty weak in comparison to the show and the show has improved a lot of the aspects of it a lot of it has aged very poorly as well I do like the art though I do think it fits all the weird and gross stuff going on in the comic sure
0: <laughs> I read Rain Issues 1 and 2 by Joe Hill David I don't know if I wrote Boo Her or Booker so if you actually listen which I know is not likely um Thank you for your artwork. I can't remember what your name is. And Zoe Thurgood. So Honeysuckle is in Boulder waiting for her girlfriend Yolanda to come move in with her. Her uh, young neighbor is a small boy who pretends to be a vampire. His fear of sunlight will play into uh, the handling of him later on when the rain actually does come. Yolanda arrives with a car full to unpack and then the rain hits. Honeysuckle just happens to be in the garage as needles of crystal... Crystallized fulgurite come falling from the sky So basically Jack like these people are just out and about having a normal beautiful sunny day and it starts raining needles So the people of Boulder didn't stand a chance Everybody's like literally slaughtered because it's raindrops It was raining like shards of uh, glass and it kills everybody So it's a great start to a series. It's got this post apocalyptic feel that um, you know So many things do have but it was a nice different take on it and who doesn't love a road story? Because the whole idea is they've got to get to Denver. So I'm really intrigued to find out what's going on. I had uh, picked up a couple of issues the other day, and I got one more on order. So I'll be finishing that one up as well.
1: After reading Joker, I decided to check out a few more titles by Brian Azarello. I'm probably butchering the name. Azarello. Azarello. Yep. Okay. So, and one of which that I read is Lex Luthor Man of Steel I found this read very interesting it's about Lex Luthor creating this like clone kind of a Superman mm-hmm. it's like a superwoman and
0: <laughs> I've never read that one
1: yeah and it's like shows like a different kind of Superman it, I assume it's in the same dimension whatever universe as Joker Because some of the characters are portrayed very differently. Sure. Although their intentions are similar. A pretty fun read. I've been enjoying everything I've read by Brian. And this is one of the books I recommend the most. Nice. Shazam to Hell and Bat. This is a continuation of the Future State Shazam story. Future State is kind of weird because some of them are like 40 years in the future. And then some are happening right now. Right. Just to continue a title. Or introduce like a character like state. with the Wonder Girl, yeah. Yeah. So this is just a continuation of that. They started a new run for it, and I do enjoy it. It's about Shazam going to hell to get his powers back because they were like taken away or something. Damn. I'm not completely sure. I do enjoy it. I will admit though that the previous run was canceled
0: for this, and I did enjoy
1: that a little bit more. More. The Jeff Johns one was, yeah, really, good. was yeah. really good. Yeah,
0: it was really good. Lady Mechanica, a monster, and the Ministry of Hell. Why am I doing like back-to-back Hell titles? Don't tell your mama. Number one through three, because I didn't get the last issue. Which only, uh, done by Joe Benitez. So this delves into Lady Mechanica's history. The story begins with her discovery, capture, and placement into an orphanage. The Ministry of Hell is run by a sadistic doctor in a mask. Kind of funky looking dude. Anyway, Deacon. And he's supposedly trying to cur- cure all of the occupants of the orphanage. One only has one eye. Another one has horns. One is um, seemingly normal, but not. So this story has Lady M named Evie by a girl who befriends her, named Cat. That's the sim, uh, the one you think's normal, but she she kind of naughty. Anyway, people come and look at them, and instead of adopting them, buy them to be servants or to have them to ogle. So they're basically... We don't use this terminology now, but what in the olden times, like the 30s and 40s of the 1900s would have been called, like, freak show. That's basically the idea they were hired to be freaks at their house. Like I said, we don't use those words in in general. And uh, I try to get away from the pejoratives. But um, I will say, even though they are treated that way by the characters in the story, I think the story actually does a really good job making sure that they are humanized and and fully developed characters and, you know, once society saw them as curiosities, but the scary and actually truly evil people are the ones you don't see with the flaws on the outside, but the people that literally have evil coming from within their hearts, souls, brains, whatever you believe in. So good start, one issue to go, highly, highly recommend.
1: Multiversity. This is a very fun read and a comic I enjoyed reading quite a bit. This is by Grant Morrison. There are two main volumes and then a couple of tie-ins, which showcase the different uh, universes portrayed in it. One of them has a just is a book of all the different Earths, which is pretty cool. It Shows like the different art. I love that. Yeah, yeah it's a very fun read. I enjoyed all of the volumes in it. And I had a lot of fun. One of the volumes is the Shazam volume, which has this just adorable art. It fits the Shazam series so well. And I'm very disappointed that I didn't get a Shazam series by Jeff Johns because it was originally made. And this is kind of like a pilot or whatever to right. go towards it. And it just got canceled. But it looks very cool. And I definitely recommend that volume, even if you don't intend to read all of Multiversity. Right. The Boy's Dear Becky, this is a uh, boy's mini series that came like twelve years after the normal series ended, so like in time with when the show is coming out. Yeah, I was it. gonna
0: say I remember it got announced after the show's first season. Yeah,
1: to show like what the characters were doing around the time. It's it's interesting. There's some good stuff there and I did enjoy the Billy Butcher and past stuff with the boys. I do think the Huey stuff is a little bit unnecessary though. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, Amazing Spider-Man, number two and number three. this legacy numbering 896 and 890. Man, they are really, they're going to be hitting 900 really soon. Uh, That's J.R.J.R. and Zeb Wells. A couple of things going on leading into this that you need to know basically from issue one, which I read a while back, but this is the important stuff you need to know. Tombstone and the Rose are at war. Tombstone is basically the big bad right now in the Spider-Man series. And also uh, Tombstone's daughter is dating Robbie Robertson's son. So there you go groundwork. Starts with Norman dropping off the kids with Peter who has to babysit and I don't know how but somehow they get a pudding full of masks. A, a mask. Ugh. Try to talk again. Somehow they get pudding in his mask which makes me go like, do the kids know he's Spider-Man or do they just think he has a random Spider-Man mask hanging around for them to put pudding in? I'm really confused by that whole bit. I mean I get it. it's a gag. Haha. Kids are naughty. There's pudding in his mask. Does that mean they know he's Spidey? I don't know. Peter confronts the White Rabbit who leads Peter to Tombstone, and uh, Tombstone beats the crap out of Peter. It's actually one of the best uh, pages in probably the entire three-issue run so far. It's a really nice picture that uh, J.R. J.R. did of Peter uh, chained down in the subway. Uh, Pete uh, learns Tombstone's origin and why he files his teeth. Tombstone is going to have his uh, men go on a rampage, dressed as the Rose's men, and basically Pete's kind of locked up and can't do anything about it tombstone tells his men to shoot the spider-man and that's how it ends with a gun going off next to peter's head so i know he's gonna be all right because it's spider-man but still good cliffhanger great start to this new series Marvels is another book
1: I've recently read and very much enjoyed. This is a book in the perspective of someone around the time the volumes were actually coming out. Starting with like Submariner and Human Torch and going until the death of Gwen Stacy. There's a lot of interesting content here. I think the art looks absolutely beautiful. it's yeah, Alex Ross. Yep. And I highly recommend it if you haven't. A very good read. Nice. Marvel Zombies Dead Days. This is a few miscellaneous tie-ins and a prequel book. Uh, to the first Marvel Zombies series. Uh, some very good stuff in here, and I really enjoyed the Ultimate Fantastic Four volumes.
0: I was just about to ask to have the Ultimate stuff in it. Yeah. Because I think that's where they cre- uh, created the Marvel Zombies. Yeah. Very cool. Die Dark Volume 3, Q Hayashida. Uh, so this is not for the easily grossed out. There's more freakish body horror in this. Um, than seems to be in the norm in a typical uh, Shonen series. But anyway, quick recap. Senko is the most wanted man in the universe. His bones reward anyone possessing them with their greatest desire. Except apparently him. Anyway, um, he's currently the prisoner of an ancient space cult. Uh, this is one of those comics about scenes and characters. Like, if you ask me to explain great plot threads to you, I can't even remember it. Because it's more about little bits and little moments. So, Senko has a chunk of his arm melted off, with exposes his radius and ulna, which was super disgusting. And another really horrifying encounter occurs when there's a space tick. And the way this works is... like implants on your abdomen and it grows and grows and grows and like grows bones and actually turns into a version of you and sucks the life out of you literally feeds on you till there's nothing left um so like i say this is just a really gross book but it's so well drawn um it's probably not for everyone but i really love this series i've already ordered up through volume five batman damn this
1: is a continuation of the joker comic the art is absolutely beautiful and the trade is collected in this big square hardcover book and I highly recommend reading it that way. The art is incredible and it's such a change from Joker despite the Joker art also looking very good for its time. Uh, This is about Batman contemplating with the death of Joker and trying to find his way through the world. There's a lot of magic stuff like Constantine and Etrigan and it's a very fun read. I would say I enjoy the writing of Joker a little bit more. I think it was just a more interesting concept. But I really did enjoy this book. Uh, Infinity. This is a big one.
0: Yeah, I didn't make it through it.
1: How was it? It was pretty good. This seems like the story that influenced the Infinity War movies the most. Okay. Especially with this villain selection. With like the Black Order, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think it did seem a little off. Until about halfway. When Thanos finally appears, it gets interesting, but they're just, I say, I would say, not enough Thanos in comparison to the previous Infinity stories like Infinity Gauntlet and Infinity War. Right. Still a pretty good read, but not as good as some of the previous stories.
0: Black. <laughs> I got Black Order in my head now. Batman Fortnite 0.1 through 6. I think I kind of dipped into this but not really read all of them so i did a complete reread of it actually read the one-off as well and which i didn't enjoy quite as much so we're just going to focus on the main series so this is one through six so there's a disturbance in the gotham sky and it has the commissioner and batman concern once he investigates it batman is sucked into a portal in the new place he doesn't know who or what he is and the timeline resets every 22 minutes So, unable to speak, he leaves notes and clues for himself so that he can figure out what's happening. Harley, Catwoman, and later Deathstroke apparently have also come along for the ride. Bruce and Selina fairly quickly find each other. And initially they fight, but it turns out emotional ties, even if memories are gone, actually don't disappear. So, they quickly discover that they're supposed to be with each other and help each other out. Uh, So honestly, I really really enjoyed this one way more than I thought I was going to I Originally picked it up for the codes I think to give to Jack and also for the snake eyes appearance, which is super cool It's a kind of one issue is basically bats versus snake eyes, and it's really well done, and it's really good artwork Um, Ultimately, it was a good Batman Catwoman story and I would recommend it for those interested
1: Thanos the Date Revelation this is the start of a trilogy of short story Thanos comics so I mean they're each like 40 to 50 pages but they are collected in hardcover and that's how I read them nice the first one is kind of just an introduction to Thanos in this new universe he's been exploring Adam Warlock still alive Lady Death actually loves him so this is just an introduction to that spending some time with that it's pretty good. I do enjoy the art quite a bit. And I like Jim Starlin's writing. Thanos the Infinity or Relativity is the story after this. This is him coming to the normal uh, world and seeing that Annihilus is in control of Earth 616. And he wants to take control back. So this is him finding and working with the Guardians for a little bit before coming to conflict in Cliffhanger. Ooh. And there's one more? One more for yeah, this go, trilogy. Yeah, go ahead. They know the Infinity Finale is the final book of this trilogy of short stories. There is another trilogy which I've just read the first one of, but the Infinity Finale is them finally defeating Annihilus Annihilus. Yeah. Annihilus, yeah. Yeah, Annihilus. And other stuff.
0: Pretty cool. <laughs> So, The Scorched, one through three. This is Sean Lewis with aid by Todd McFarlane. Art is Steven Segovia. Over in Spawn, a war between heaven and hell has been going on for like well over 300 issues. But, you know, this book kind of asks, what about humankind? Well, they want heaven and hell's warriors to get the bleep out of here. Anyway, led by Black Ops specialists, Spawn, The Scorched are the team of, well, her, Gunslinger Spawn, Medieval Spawn, and the Redeemer. He's kind of like an angel. He's pretty cool. The initial mission finds them in Russia trying to recover two women who the Russians had experimented on and to find the Plague Spawn. Plague Spawn has been used by the Russians as a weapon, and even OG Al Simmons Spawn is here to throw his hat into the ring to aid the new team, Action and Black Ops. It's a fun series, I think, worth looking into. Um, and the nice thing, it's one of those Spawn books, so it's $2.99 every month, so it's a buck cheaper, so it's worth giving a shot. $2.99 from image uh thanos the infinity siblings thanos
1: starfox and pit the troll work together to do stuff which i forgot what happened but (laughs) i enjoyed the story quite a bit this is kind of an indirect continuation to the previous trilogy i bet i'd understand more of what's going on if i read the other two books but Still pretty good. That's what happens. The Flash twenty twelve, this is the new fifty two run. Ooh, I, that's a pretty one. Yeah, I enjoyed the art quite a bit and yep. I thought the stories were pretty good. Uh when it up until the end around the middle point, uh the there's a new rider and so he just kinda messes around near that with just like death and stuff. It's pretty cool, but if you're trying to get to Flash, I wouldn't completely recommend it. Because it can get confusing with like Wallace and like this new Reverse Flash and stuff. Because it's meant to serve as like a reboot of some kind. Yeah. So if you are trying to get into Flash, I won't recommend it. But if you are already used to him and you're just willing to get into this new kind of
0: confusing adventure, I do recommend it. It's pretty good. And like I said, if you just want some pretty artwork, it is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. So, Gideon Falls three through six, Jeff Lemire and Andrea Sorrentino so sometimes when you're out shopping a good deal is just too good to pass up so i saw a chunk of this run in the dollar bin at our game store the only problem there was no issue one or two so i'm like i'll just jump in and read as much as i can and hopefully i'll figure it out context is king right but anyway even though i got a little lost maybe i think i still got the gist of the series so Here's what I gathered weird things are happening in a town people are usually normal like say a priest end up killing someone else Which typically priests don't do now the priest teams up with a cop and helps investigate the killing meanwhile a man suffering from delusions has dreams of a black barn and uh, As another murder happens another normal type ish person commits it so someone you wouldn't have guessed would be out killing folks he seems basically when they approach him to be possessed the priest enters the black barn during this, so the black barn actually does exist, and he starts having these really crazy visions of like people from his past and of death. The cop who he's with gets hurt, and the paranoia uh, fella starts building his own version of the black barn with pieces of the black barn that he's found. So I guess every time the black barn appears, it leaves a piece behind or something. I don't know. Like I said, I got the gist, and I'm glad I did. Uh, looks like the reprints of issues 1 and 2 are pretty cheap, so I'll probably pick those up. Like I say, I really liked where this was going. Nice kind of dark horror. I think I would recommend it. Action Comics Volumes
1: 1001 through 1028. This is Brian Michael Bendis' run, and I would say I enjoy the stuff a lot more than his main run on Superman. A lot more grounded stuff with like, uh, Daily Planet, and Metropolis, and Jimmy Olsen, and I think
0: there's some really interesting stuff going on. And the Superman run is the one where it's all like galactic piece and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I remember thinking the same thing. Yeah, the action's much better. I'm not a huge fan of the main villain of this is like Red
1: Cloud or something. I do like the idea of her being in, uh, being a Daily Planet. Yeah, she like works there. I did think that was pretty cool. Yeah, it was cool. And after that, I read Superwoman. This book's kind of confusing to talk about, but it is pretty good. This is a rebirth story about Lana Lang and Rank. Lois Lane getting the powers of Superman after he disintegrates. I hadn't read any of the Lex Luthor Superman stuff or any of the Superman stuff around this time, so I was a little bit lost, but from what I've read, I did enjoy it quite a bit. Some good stuff.
0: Speaking of Brian Michael Bennis, I read one of his newer outings, well, I guess it was new like half a year ago, anyway, at uh, Dark Horse, Joy Operations 1 through 3, he did the writing, Stephen Byrne did the artwork. So, Joy is an envoy and the employee of a rich family, I don't know exactly what that means, but it seems like she was basically head of security. Anyway, she wakes up with a voice in her head telling her what her boss is going to be doing in the future, and that she has to be stopped, and that... Joy is the one to stop her. voice apparently also is able to tap into her biological functions as well. It knows when she has to go to the bathroom. And it can, like, make her arm move. But apparently it can't read her thoughts, which I thought was kind of trippy. So it can tell you gotta pee, but it can't tell that you're mad at it. But whatever. Um, I don't know if that I really like the first issue of this. Because he... Bendis really throws you into the world without really explaining what it is. Like, I still don't know that I know what the envoy position means. But... That said, I had three issues of it, and I read all three. And by the end of the third issue, I mean, plot-wise, I'm like, okay, what's going to happen with this? I want to know how this is going to resolve. So I will be picking up the last two issues. Not a strong recommendation, but if you see it at the library or on the cheap, maybe worth a read. Super 2005. I got the first two trades from the library,
1: but I ended up dropping the second one after finishing the first one because Jeff Loeb, Jeff Loeb stops writing about halfway and you can kind of tell that the story gets a little bit worse and i didn't enjoy it as much gotcha Uh, but the main stuff near the beginning is really good there's some stuff about like power girl and connor kent and all that kind of stuff and i did think that was very enjoyable i also recently started walking dead because i recently started i don't have much to say
0: but i have been really enjoying it so far Cloaked 1 through 3, this is another one of those Dark Horse minis, um, and another one where I'm one issue shy of the whole thing. This is by Mike Richardson, longtime publisher at Dark Horse, and Jody Armengall, I'm hoping. Uh, this is Grimdark Vigilante, who is aided by the police commissioner, and he has a young boy sidekick, and he faces off against criminals, and a lunatic clown, that kind of sounds familiar, right? Um, well that's where it ends though. The Sentinel, who is the fighter of crime, has been missing for over 20 years when a detective is hired by a rich fellow to track him down. So, the detective begins with a sidekick, who is never more than actual bait, and he then talks through the... And that part was actually really interesting. So basically the idea was like, he hired this kid to go like, walk into like a place where a bunch of criminals were, and then while all the criminals were going like, hey, there's a little kid dressed up like a superhero, this guy would come in and like shoot them all. It's pretty violent. Um, and then there was a reporter, who was paralyzed after she was getting too close to figuring out what was going on. Finally, he goes to an asylum and talks to the clown, and the clown tells him that Sentinel was actually a cold-blooded murderer. Uh, so then guess what happens? Each one of these people that the detectives talks to somehow dies. So that's interesting. Uh, so I need the last issue immediately, because this is a really cool series that dives into kind of like, what if Batman was like a sketchy person who was probably not the nice person that you think he is, and also kind of did it in a real-world setting. So it was a nice, nice twist on that mythology and idea. So I would say check out The Cloaked, Mike Richardson, Dark Horse. Yo, apparently I got three to go. Jack has finished up. Speaking of Walking Dead, I've got Walking Dead Deluxe, issues 33 through 35. This is Robert Kirkman, Charlie Adlard, and colors by Dave McCaig. I hope I said that right, because you really, if you're reading these, if you've already read the originals, I'm reading them for two reasons. A, Dave has done a phenomenal job making this stuff come to life with color, and two, I just wanted to revisit this, because some of these I haven't read for years. Um, So anyway, this first issue, whew, boy, it it, it shows off its color, because it is disgusting. Michonne has the governor right where she wants him, and that's about all I'm going to say, other than that. Issue 33 is straight up gross. It couldn't have happened to a nicer person, but it was really gross. Uh, Rick Glenn and Michonne and company make their way back from uh, there to the prison though, and they find that it's been completely overrun by zombies. Uh, They help clear it out and work on tracking down Maggie and Carl and a very pregnant Lori. Turns out one of the tagalongs that came back from the governor was a plant to lead the baddies to the peaceful prison. So good cliffhanger really good stuff and um, I'm hoping that Jack really sticks with Walking Dead because it's one of my all-time favorites and early Walking Dead is tough to beat. Really beautiful job on the coloring and last time I'll say it but number 33 is seriously seriously disgusting but it's highly recommended. Okay, another one. Uh, Not done with this so I'm gonna kind of do like I've done when I read a chunk of an essential. I'll just cover the issues I covered. Uh, My friend Paul sent us Big fat collection of the initial IDW Turtles run Um, It's called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles the IDW collection and I read issues 1 through 4 And as Kevin Eastman Tom Waltz and Dave Duncan Mikey Leo and Donnie are a unit But somebody's missing right? Where's Roth? Okay, so at this point they don't even know that Raphael exists, but they think he does Okay, explain that. Well, anyway the book sets up. There was this big government funded military project that was creating this chemical mutagen and they had some turtles there that were being experimented on and they had this experimental rat too. Anyway some ninja come in and steal the chemicals and then they steal the rat and they steal the turtles and as they're escaping they drop the mutagen and they drop the turtles and the mutagen gets all over the turtles and a cat comes up and runs off with one of the turtles And the rat scratches the eyeball out of the cat. And anyway, long story short, this is how we get Master Splinter, the four turtles, and Hob, who is a very important character in the IDW series. I don't know if... Was Hob on the cartoon? I don't believe so. I think Hob was invented for IDW, and he's a great character, so thank goodness he got invented. Anyway, so Raphael gets away, and the, this, the series is basically set up, the three brothers looking for him, Raphael is kind of living off pizza in the trash, and he runs into Casey Jones, so we get introduced to Casey. April worked at the lab, so we get introduced to April O'Neil, and long story short, the brothers are reunited, and they're going to be fighting Hob, and it's a super satisfying bringing together of the Turtle family, and it's told differently from the original, so it makes it worth reading this, if you, even if you already have read the original. These are great early IDW issues. I'm looking forward to reading the other, uh, maybe upwards of 10 more stories in the book because it's a big fat book. Highly recommend IDW's first volume. And last, uh, I'll do the best I can with this one. This is kind of split between two series. I read a big chunk of Power Rangers. This is issues 13 through 15 of the most recent run. And Mighty Morphin, 13 through 15 of the most recent run. The event is called The Altarian War. I have no idea if I pronounced that right. I don't speak Altarian. And it's written by Ryan Parrott and done by miscellaneous artists. Because, like I said, this is over two series. So, Zordon, we all know Zordon, the big floaty head. uh, His people have come from planet Altaria? I don't know. Into Earth. And they brought these celestial-type forces. They're called um, Imperials. And they straight up look like if you cross the Celestials with like a Power Ranger Zord. They're kind of cool. Anyway, they're going to take over the planet. Um, And Zordon is down for the count initially, and our Rangers, the ones we call the Power Rangers, they're kind of on the ropes, and the Space Rangers are called in, and they help save the day, basically. So it's a huge crossover by Ryan Parrott that brings all the Rangers together, even teaming them with former minions of Rita Repulsa. So the people had been working for Zed previously, are kind of like Bleep Zed, we're going to team up with you guys, because these guys are really a threat to the planet Earth, and ultimately they're a threat to the entire, I'm sure it's universe, that's usually what it is, if it's a threat to the Earth, it's a threat to, you know, all reality. So anyway, they got to stop the Imperials from destroying the universe, but once again, (laughs) I'm missing two issues, so I didn't get quite to finish it, but I got them on my list, so I'm going to have to order them. So, I've been enjoying reading the Power Rangers recently, and really good, fun stuff. Last thing, I want to give a couple of shout-outs to things I've read but did not really do reviews on because I wasn't sure how to cover them. Um, so, like, single issues, I read uh, the this year's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle annual, which was phenomenal, art by Junie Ba. read that this morning. I would highly recommend it. And speaking of Junie Ba, the other thing I wanted to recommend was Monkey Meat. Did you read that one at all, Jack? I have not yet. Okay. So it's five issues very 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 loose threads tie it together i did not know how to review on it if you run across these on the cheap or want to pick up one see what you think june ba is a phenomenal artist really weird interesting kind of anthology series highly recommend checking it out and that's it for me is there anything else you want to talk about today jack nope well thank you everybody for listening that has been episode twenty of Twenty First Century Boys. You can reach out to us on the Twitters if you would like. I am at Iowa's Joe. I am at N underscore garlic. And you can reach out to the show at Twenty First Century Boys, which is at two one S T C E M B O Y S. So thank you for listening tonight and everybody have a good night. Good night.